part of my journey is as a white Southern lesbian priest, which on lots of levels, people would put those in conflict with each other. Um, And maybe I did too. And so I think what's happened over the last few months is I've stopped letting it be a conflict. We live in the age of technology overload. We're always on, always reachable. Rarely do we get to experience the joy of solitude or the respite of nature. I'm John Staff, the founder and CEO of Getaway. We're on a mission to give people the time, space, and permission to be off. Welcome back to the Getaway Podcast. This is season two. This season, we'll be doing things a little differently. The most interesting part of our business isn't our cabins. It definitely isn't me. It's you, our guests, our listeners in our community, and it's your stories. So this season, we're turning the mic over to you. You'll hear stories about what happened when getaway guests decided to unplug from the daily grind. They'll share their stories about why they wanted to find quiet and how those moments of peace reconnecting with nature impacted them. My hope with season two of this podcast is that we can provide a little reminder of how good it feels to disconnect, that it's important to find a space to unplug and come back to yourself. It's important to connect with the ones you love and with nature. Okay, I'm going to pitch you a business. Ready? Here it is. The product is silence. This idea that in a world that demands that we're always on, always reachable, we need simple moments of silence to unplug and check in with ourselves, to be in nature, to let our minds rest. I'm speaking about the need for rest from personal experience. When I was 25, I was somehow already totally burned out. The work I was doing wasn't fulfilling and I needed a break from the startup grind. I'd recently quit my job and I was trying to figure out my next steps. When people would ask me what I was going to do next, I'd say, I'm going to live in an Airstream trailer in the woods. Now, I didn't have an Airstream trailer, but before long, all of my friends and colleagues thought that this was my hard and fast plan, that I was ready to set out to the woods in an Airstream trailer, even though I wasn't really doing anything about it. One day, after telling enough friends this story, I got a call. It was from a friend of a friend, Bianca, who had heard I was seriously looking for an Airstream trailer, and she had one. She offered it to me with just one condition. I had to have it back by Burning Man. So I picked up the Airstream, and I started touring the West, stopping in cute little towns and national parks over about 8,000 miles. During the day, I'd work remotely to make a few bucks, and I'd call my friend Pete just to chat, to talk about ideas, to touch base about life. It was a peaceful trip, it was rejuvenating, it was at times lonely and challenging, but for me at that time in my life, it made sense. I spent about five months living out of this Airstream. During that time, I fell in love with what you might call tiny living, and more or less Getaway was born. I truly believe in the idea behind this company that everyone can benefit from a quiet moment in nature. And I don't just mean a quiet moment in nature in a tiny cabin owned by our company about two hours outside of a major city. 
I believe that that quiet moment, that instant of getting away, can be as simple as taking a long walk in a park you love or sitting around a campfire in your own backyard, talking to your loved ones and staring at the stars. Hey, I'm Haley. I'm helping to produce this podcast. In this episode, our first episode of season two, you'll be hearing from Sharon, a guest who used Getaway as a space to reconnect with herself and her partner while making some really big changes in her life. In addition to being our first guest on season two of the podcast, Sharon is also a newlywed who lives in Atlanta with her wife and children. Over the past few weeks, I've been talking to Sharon a lot on email, on Skype, and I was trying to figure out how best to introduce her so that she could share her story. In our final chat, I asked her what a tattoo on her arm said. This one says, while I breathe, I hope, um, which is the motto for the state of South Carolina, which is my home state. I had it done right after the 2015 shooting, the Mother Emanuel shooting, you know, with the white supremacist. Um, and I had it done mostly to say like, you know, the inspiration of like, while I breathe, I hope, and sort of like hoping this world can be different. They're not all that deep, <laughs> but that, that one is, yeah. <laughs> Sharon has been on three getaways, and she has a fourth planned with her family. The first and third trips she went on with her then-fiancé, now-wife. The second one she went on alone. In my world, I would call it divine providence, okay? So I'm sitting at my dinner table one evening, and we get uh, we get the Atlanta magazine, which I don't subscribe to, and it comes to the last person who lived here, and I'm sitting there, and I'm flipping through a magazine I wouldn't normally flip through, and there's an article about the getaway. And more so, there was the picture of the getaway, which looked like a big window and woods. In that moment, sitting at the table and looking at that picture, I thought, gosh, I need to reconnect. Is actually what I said out loud. Sharon was looking to reconnect with her fiancé, with herself, because she's undergoing a big transition. And like a lot of us, she's looking for answers. It's a scary place to be in and one we can all relate to. We live in a world where we are almost always, at any moment, reachable. We are never off. And sometimes that's a good thing, but often it's just a lot. Here's Sharon. I found myself in an environment, both sort of work-related and personally, where there was um, an abundance of judgment. How that presented itself was I wasn't connecting to other people. I wasn't connecting to my job. I wasn't connecting well at home. I felt really scattered. I felt like I had all the balls in the air and at any moment, all of them were going to fall. And the way that looked to me was then I would be blamed or judged for it all falling apart. I was having, I think for me, part of it was um, also a bit of a a spiritual crisis uh, of what more is there? How do we fit in? Where do we fit into this? And do we fit into this? And uh, I don't know that anybody can answer those questions for us, but, but ourselves. I think we have to find that answer for ourselves um, and just don't always know how to do that until we're given something like coming through a borrowed magazine and finding the spot. So Sharon and her then fiance packed up and went on a getaway. 
So the first time I went, because I had just transitioned out of a job, I was sort of lost in the world, didn't know what I wanted and what I, what, where I was going. And what they found was that they were able to reconnect in a quiet, stress-free space. A few weeks later, feeling better about her relationship, but still full of questions, Sharon booked a solo getaway, and she resolved to really get some work done there. Journaling, reading, the whole nine yards. You know, really be productive. I was sitting outside and had built a little campfire and was in that place of, okay, how do I need to make sure that I'm taking this quiet time for myself and making it productive? Which is in and of itself a ridiculous question, right? Because that's exactly what what I was trying not to do, (laughs) is be productive in some way. And it it made me laugh. And I opened up my journal to start journaling something, and I opened to this one page, and the only thing that was written on the page is, in my handwriting it said, relax, I love you. And I have no idea why I ever wrote that or what, what was going on. And it was sort of this gift to remind myself that it's okay to just be. But not in a way that's like, you don't have to... In, in the spaces that I think we call boredom, sometimes we think we're supposed to mentally be doing something with that space. Like, what, what's the deep thoughts I need to be having? And that was the day that um, I... Uh, at that moment, I walked back inside and there was the little getaway cardboard kit. And um, I found such like childlike joy in sitting at the picnic table outside, fire's going, I'm by myself, I have this little kit, the directions are hilarious. And I just had this um, this perfect little gift of a moment um, of play. That was always my grandmother's answer when I would tell her I was bored. She'd say, go outside. You know, you can't go outside and just be bored. You know, you're you're sort of, if you're paying attention at all, you're surrounded by this whole big world that's doing something and always in motion and movement. Nature is our best mirror of ourselves and how we act and interact with the world you know, at at the risk of se- of seeming um, a little hippie, which I'm not afraid of being. How we act and interact with with nature is really a commentary on how we act and interact with ourselves. There's something about when everything else sort of comes away and you're left with just you and nature. I mean, there's joy and there's sadness and there's hope and there's pain and there's it's all a microcosm. I mean, we're just sitting in the middle of it. I just think it's so powerful. What Sharon realized and what she shared with me was that she entered a time of transition. The roles she had once used to identify herself weren't necessarily serving her anymore. In fact, they were often in direct conflict with one another. It was painful, and she needed to change that. Like, they, they, are, they are seismic shifts, and they do feel sudden. And then when you stop and really give them some space, you realize, oh my gosh, this has been coming for a long time. I mean, long time, like, like my, my pattern, even of profession, I can connect back to things I was taught in my thirties or twenties or teens, or, I mean, just use a young kid and where I sort of repeated those patterns. And part of it was serving who I thought I was. And this is personal to me, and so I'll just say it. Like, being a a gay kid in the South in the church was always incongruent. And so 
I, one of my coping mechanisms that I learned little was if this was an, if this was all there was to it, it would be enough. Right. So like when I first went through the process, um, looking to be, uh, ordained in the church, um, the first church I went through was the Lutheran church. And as a Lutheran, they were not ordaining gay people that were in committed relationships. And so they interviewed me anyway, because they were hoping the policy would change by the time I graduated from seminary. And that didn't happen. What did happen was the committee had to look at me and say, we believe this should happen for you, but because of the structure we're in, it can't. So therefore, they had to log the answer that I couldn't go through with the process. And I was heartbroken and had that simultaneous moment of, but that was a gift for all those people sitting in the room and myself that now we recognize what needs to be different. Like we can't treat people this way. It was that moment of saying, um, if that was, if that's all that ever happened to me in the process with the church, that would have been enough. Part of my journey is um, as a white Southern lesbian priest, which on lots of levels, people would put those in conflict with each other. Um, And maybe I did too. And so I think what's happened over the last few months is I've stopped letting it be a conflict. And what that's done for me is helped me reconnect back to myself and back to the people that I love and people who love me in a way that I don't know that I've actually ever done in my life. Suddenly, um, I'm finding this beautiful relationship with some. It's almost like being in a relationship with someone new, but it, but it's very familiar. And I'm 47. You know, this has been a journey. Um, but I can tell you, if you asked me these questions four or five months ago, six months ago, I would have very, very different answers for you than I do now. Like a lot of us, Sharon is still figuring things out. She's still spending a lot of time in nature, thinking about what makes her happy. But she's ditched the journals and to-do lists and is trying to reframe how she thinks of productivity. She's trying to just turn down the noise and listen. I think this is a common thread about all humanity. I wasn't finding the answer because everything was just too noisy. I started a meditation practice a couple of years ago. And what I can tell you about silence in my practices, it's some of the noisiest moments in my life because silence is the moment where my brain and my thoughts are running full steam. And yet silence is the moment that it, when I catch myself and catch my thoughts running so fast is the moment where I get to say, oh, honey, it's okay. Just take a deep breath. All you have is this moment. Come back to this exact moment and listen to the sound of what it's not to think, (laughs) you know, to just breathe. When I literally turned my phone off and and sat it down, it, it was it was a gift of 
Um, it was scary because <laughs> there was a, an abundance of silence. But I suddenly had the power or the, the ability to just let it all fall for a minute and realize I wasn't, I thought I was responsible for holding all of it together, whatever that is. Um, and suddenly it was okay that everything just, uh, it's the image of a snow globe, you know, that everything is stirred and, and, and moving around. And when you sit the thing down and don't touch it anymore, everything just falls and it stops. And it may not be exactly what you pictured, but everything is quiet. If you're looking for your own moment of quiet this week, try to spend a minute in nature. Take a walking meeting, add an extra block to your dog walk, or head out to a public park you haven't been to before. Maybe you'll find that you have more space the next time you're stuck in traffic. You can listen to The Getaway Podcast and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and anywhere else you listen. We'll be back next week with a new episode. Tune in to hear more from our community. And if you're ready to book your own getaway, go to our site and enter promo code SEASON2 at checkout for $20 off your stay. We're always happy to have you. Thank you so much for listening.